0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. Um, Streamyard was just saying something weird to me for a minute, so I kind of had to roll my eyes. But uh, so that's hence the reason for the weird reaction to start the show. I, of course, am Mark Williams, your host, (laughs) and I'm joined by the host of the Final Buzzer, Mr. John Volkowski.
1: -uh. I don't really have anything to say today.
0: That is a first. And a man who's just enjoying watching some hockey games, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Yeah.
2: Are the Islanders back? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll answer that question soon. But, um, yeah, it feels good to have your team play pretty consistently. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's great that you don't have bye weeks. <laughs> <Yes.
2: laughs> you Who know,
0: would have thought that those things would even exist? I mean, in the NHL. Well, I mean, they're not even with the collective bargaining agreement. But uh, we got a lot of news that we're going to be getting to you uh, soon. We're going to be launching BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. That's the good news. That should be up within a couple weeks. We'll have written articles by all of us as well as uh, lots of other hockey news, whatever we could break, our Facebook feeds, or Twitter feeds, everything else. So we got that, and uh, let's go right to the Islanders, and especially – since Mr. LaRocco down there should be happy because they are back to NHL 500, 7-2-1 in their last 10. Uh, I put this in quotes. The Islanders right now is sit in last place in the Metro, but they've also played six less games than the Flyers and the Devils. Uh, their goal differential, Anthony, is getting down to zero, and that's a good thing. Um, and their next seven games, three of them are at home. Uh, versus playoff teams all seven are at home
2: so yeah you know what um it's it's funny like I, I think one of the great things one of the great things about our game and sports in general is you know sometimes you could you could just have you could just have a good team that runs into a bad patch for a host of many hosts of reasons um i mean in this instance it may cost me but I, I you know i still like um, our sport and how this stuff could happen. But you know, listen, the Islanders, we all know what they faced at the beginning of the year, the 13 game road trip, the stop, the stops and starts COVID ravaged their team right before the first ever game at UBS, the Pollock injury, the Nelson injury. Um, you know, I think we all know that the, at the root of it, the Islanders are a good team. You know, I always reference Dan, Dan Rosen said it himself when he was on our show before the season. He even said that he sees no holes in this Islander team. A lot of team, a lot of people predict them to go very far. Um, so maybe this is them becoming that team again. You know, 6-1-1 um, one and one in the last eight, it's not some, nothing to sneeze at. Marky worth the record in the last 10. It's all very good. Um, you know, I, I think that they're on the right path. They're healthy, minus Ryan Pollock, who should be returning, I would say, in the next, hopefully, the next two weeks, uh, and Kyle Palmieri, who, you know, hadn't been playing particularly well anyway. But they're healthy. Um, you know, I think they're feeling good about themselves. And, you know, they're playing more more Islander hockey. And, listen, 14 points, it is a big hole. Um, however, it's honestly not insurmountable. I mean, my personal opinion, I, I think that it might be a little too late at the end of the day. They might fall short by a couple points. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. We'll have to see. But they're on a good streak right now. And the next, what, eight of nine are at home. Um, they got a, a team against a bad Arizona team on Friday. Uh, after a hard start at UBS Arena, they're 5-0-1 in their last six at home, and they're going to be playing a lot at home. So, um, you know, that plays their advantage. And then the game's in hand. So, listen, you never know, but they're playing good hockey. Um, and, you know, for an Isle fan, this is probably the best part of the season that we've had so far. Phil?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good stretch for them, um, but they – I look at that—that seven-two and one in their last ten—and I look at the strength of their schedule, and it, its pretty weak. I mean, it, it, look at it. Their their last ten games have been the Devils, which they won four to two. The Red Wings two to one. The Bruins—they—they uh, they, they lost to the Red Wings two to one. Sorry. Uh, they beat the Bruins three to one. Okay, good team. Good team. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Good team. They lost in a shootout. They beat the Sabres garbage four to one. They beat the Oilers in overtime three to two. But again, they're not a good team right now on New Year's Day. Then they beat the Devils three to two. Not a good team. Another garbage team. They lost to the Capitals, got shut out two nothing. They beat the Flyers four one like they should. And then it took them to a shootout yesterday to beat the Flyers. So, I mean, and their games coming up after this Coyotes bad, Leafs good, Flyers bad, Kings pretty good. Uh, Kraken bad, wild good. Senators bad, sharks pretty good. Kings pretty good, Ducks pretty good. Avalanche. That West Coast trip is really going to be a litmus test for, for, the, for the Islanders. So while they they may be back and they were never as bad as their record indicated, I, I still think that their their weak strength of schedule definitely helped them out in their last ten. So you're like they said, when that West Coast trip comes around, you're really going to see what that team is made of. So. I mean, their best players are got to start playing like their best. Kyle Palmieri needs to be better. Um, Ilya Sorokin was never the problem; he was always really good for them. It just they played like crap in front of him for the most part. Um, I need more out of Matt Barzell. Uh, Brock Nelson needs to start scoring like he was scoring at the beginning of the year again. I mean, he was he was a house of fire earlier on. Anthony Beauvillier has kind of been disappointing for me um i haven't seen that oliver wallstrom's shown you flashes but then he's kind of gone back to you know where he was before but i'm i'm not gonna blame that on wallstrom i'm gonna blame part of that on barry trotz and his mishandling of him i don't like the way he's handled oliver wallstrom i don't get how you waited until what the ninth round of a shootout to shoot him when he's the best shooter on your team Makes absolutely no sense. So, um, yeah, I still think they have their host of problems to deal with. I, I still think it's a long way to go for them, but they're not as bad as this record, and they're they're standing the place in the standings would indicate.
0: Yeah, uh, but you know what? You got to beat the teams that are on your schedule, and that's the way they're going to get back into it. You were saying it before about the West Coast swing and uh, how that could be even more devastating if they decide to throw the, the four Canadian games or over there because that, that could be even worse.
2: The league, the league, announced, the league announced the rescheduled games for the, the February when they were supposed to be in the Olympic break. So that was just announced. The Islanders are going to Western Canada, I think, starting February 9th. They're going out to play those games. Okay, so that's it's February 9th.
0: And uh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry because it just announced it just yep. before. So I don't have these up. What are, what are they, Ed? Can you? Uh, I got to take a
2: second glance too. It's it's early February. They're going out to Western Canada. Oh, right away. Okay, and then are they coming back and then back out again? I have to really examine it. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see. All right. All well, oh, right here. Uh, yeah. The month, By the, the way, 11, great shirt, Philk.
1: Sean just pointed it out, so I, I just had to. Uh, I had to give him his, uh, af- or, or his confirmation and his uh, reinfo- positive
0: reinforcement because he saw that. So. Arguably their best album, but it could be either that, uh, Master Puppets. Anthony,
2: what do you Master got? They, they come back, they play Buffalo at Buffalo, and then they come home.
0: And then they come home? Yeah. Alright, so they're doing... It's two different trips, right? Yeah. I mean, either way, that's still going to be brutal on them. But I mean, the good news for them is right now... <laughs> Netflix-
2: Guys, getting a lot of uh, feedback.
1: No, but there's there's other background noise going on on somebody's somebody's part.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll
0: we'll, we'll get that figured out in just one second. Um, the uh, but Matt Barzell is back and he's working. Twelve game, a uh, twelve goal. Uh, sorry, la, 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 twelve games. He's over a point a game, as you always want to point out, Phil, and that's a good thing. Robin Salo, uh. Gotta and then by the way, yes, I like that. Uh, Master I would say is their best album if you press me. But um Robin Sal been producing for them. Scored his first goal in the NHL last night, and this was the quote that he had: "It feels good to play. It's a tough league, and he's just trying to get better and build some confidence." So the question and but Anthony was so chomping at the bit, I never even got to ask. Would be are the Islanders making a run at making the playoffs right now? Which, well, that's, that, that, thats terrible writing, by the way. You shouldn't. <laughs> but the, the same word. To, to is that what you were about to say? Is? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, um. Yeah, that's terrible. That's awful. That's just. Uh. All right. There we go. Are the Islanders having a run, making the playoffs? By the way, um, you know what? You gotta you gotta beat these teams. You gotta get some momentum. And you gotta close the gap to the Bruins because that's the team I think that the Islanders have a shot at, at catching. And uh, there there are some good teams in the East right now, so it, it's still possible that they could do it. They got a very heavy backloaded uh, schedule, as most teams do, but the Islanders even more. They played the fewest amount of games in the league, so uh, if they want to do it, that's it, the time is now. You, it's. It's, it's that simple.
2: Well, yeah, in, in order to do it, they're going to have to play at the, at the rate that they're playing right now. Like, they're stretched around now. They, they need to keep that going. Um, but, listen, the, the players in the locker room are different than, you know, us in the media, fans. They just take it one game at a time. I, I think they probably don't even look at the standings and see, okay, well we're 14 behind Boston. I just think their, their headspace now just has to be go out and try to win every game and then you let the chips fall where they, where they fall. Um, they just have to focus on a single game. They can't look too far ahead because then it could, the big picture could be overwhelming. But, um, listen, if they just keep winning hockey games, um, that's all they could do. And, you know, like I said, if Boston falters, that that makes their lives easier. Um, but they just have to focus on them. They can't really worry about anybody else right now. Um, and if they play this, this level of hockey, um, you know, who knows? Like I said, it's, it's going to be tough. But – at least they're going to give themselves a fighting chance if they play like this. If they play 500 hockey, not going to be so much. But if they could c- continue winning at this rate, um, you know, I think they could at least make it close. so um, Rask
0: plays more games like he did last
2: night. The Islanders have a good shot. Who? Tuka
0: Rask. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Carolina absolutely killed them, but that's another story.
0: And it's also after ceremonies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: well – but right, I don't know, not to get too Boston, but Rask is older and he hasn't played, He's coming off surgery. I don't know how effective he's going to be going forward. But, um, listen again, um, as far as the Islanders go, just got to keep winning hockey games, it's plain and simple. Um, but they have the team, they have the team in the locker room. They weren't, you know, they weren't picked to possibly be a Stanley Cup finalist for, for no reason, um, nothing's changed. So if they could just keep playing like this, and this is the real team, we'll see what happens.
1: The one good thing that I think that they have going for them, considering their problems on defense, is the fact that now you have uh, Noah Dobson emerging as uh, as a real credible defenseman. He looks like he's a legitimate top four defenseman right now. And they've needed that. Um, they still need another defender, too. Uh, Robin Sallow getting his first goal was, was good for him. I think it's been pretty good for Rand uh, you know, for coming and in, stepping into the lineup in this situation and having to try to help pick up the pieces of a team that really got off to a bad, bad start. But um, I will say that Noah Dobson's really been – one of the big heroes for that team so far. Uh, they, they need more out of, like I said, they need more out of Oliver Wallstrom. But again, I'm not going to kill him for it as much as I want to get on Barry Trotz and the way that he is with young players. Uh, I, I need more out of Josh Bailey. Josh Bailey, to me, has not done nearly enough for that team.
0: And he uh, scored a goal last night.
1: He, he scored a goal last night, yeah, but he, he needs to do more. Kyle Palmieri has been Mr. Invisibility for that team. If he was a part of the Fantastic Four, he would be the Invisible Man, not the Invisible Woman. But um, you need more out of him. Matt Barzal has has had his peaks and valleys, and he, uh, he needs to start being more towards the peaks. Uh, I, I just there are a lot of guys who have contributed here and there, but they need to start firing on all cylinders consistently. They've done a little more of that lately, but I I just wonder how sustainable. A near 800 winning percentage is for the rest of the season. I, I
0: think yeah, that's, that's where the tough team part team. is going to come in because the they're going to have to have over uh, a 780 winning percentage if everybody stays on their pace. But you know what? As Anthony pointed out, the regular season it's the regular season for a reason because nobody's gonna everybody's going to have peaks of values. Nobody's going to be on this. Um, Xbox level of, of production. By the way, when we did the New Year's resolutions, I said the Islanders had to get younger. They had to get faster. That's what they've been doing. They've got uh, Bellows and Wallstrom. They're playing a lot more and it's uh, with Salo in the lineup. It's it's and it's right now it's working. If they could keep that going, there you go. But two pe- one piece of news and also to say what the temperament of the team could be. One is Adam Pellick, Made the All-Star game. So I want your thought on that real quick, Anthony. The fan finally getting recognition.
2: I mean, it's really nice to see him get that recognition. Um, you know, he's not an offensive defenseman at all. Um, so I, I was I was surprised he was their representative. Like, listen, I know, I know Barzell's numbers aren't eye-popping, but, I mean, he's kind of what you want in an All-Star game skills competition because he's got the flash. He's got that skill. So I figured they would have... You know they would have sent him. Um, they would have sent him anyway. Uh, but I don't. You know I don't know. So I was I was surprised by it. Um, but you know, good for Adam Pellick. You know, I think he's a, he's a fantastic defenseman. He's one of the best shutdown defensemen in the league. Um, and it's nice to see him get the recognition. So um, good good on him. And there was also
0: a, a pretty funny moment that happened this week, and Anthony pointed it out to me. It was that this happened. Sort of like the worst translation ever.
1: Illy, I believe you've won uh, your last three starts here. Just how comfortable are you feeling uh, in between the pipes? Thank you. In between the, in the net, how comfortable you in the net?
2: Ah. Mm. good. Comfortable, yeah. Uh, they have a um, uh, good uh, transition here. Uh, play one game, game <laughs> one game, Marley, and uh, have a good uh, tonos like, and
0: feel good. Like they translated English to English right there for him. So hopefully that's just how, how loose the team is and maybe it'll even carry on. By the way, if anybody is going to be at the Islander game this week, I will actually be at the Islander game this week. And my hockey team has a game afterwards. Feel free to watch. And uh, be like, where's Mark? No, he's on the bench. All oh, right, that's where he is. So um, there's a chance you might even see Mr. Lorocco as well. So what do you think of the Islanders actually making a playoff push? Guys, throw it all down in the comments below. Like, share, and subscribe as well. We're going to move on to going across the river to the Rangers. And if you haven't watched the final buzzer <laughs> or checked out the good and bad and ugly reviews, with the man that's right over there, Mr. John Velkowski, you would have actually have missed moments like this. In New York five weeks ago, that was a power play goal, and that turned out to be the only goal. Heedle to Strome, Back and they
1: score. Yeah. Braden Schneider. Brayden Schneider, Brady! Yeah. Yeah. Is-
0: so yes, it's <laughs> it's, it's, great. it's pure joy in, in that reaction. Just, uh, Uh, the other team's road trip, uh, the Rangers finished three and two on that road trip after wins over San Jose and Philadelphia, they improve to 54 points. Second in the Metro division goal differential is going up, which is always a good thing. And since moving Philip Heedle to the wing, he's been a point per game player. Is that going to be sustainable? We'll find out about that. Go ahead.
1: Uh, no, that's more than likely not sustainable. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably as sustainable as Colin Blackwell's shooting percentage last year, just to, but- just to put things in perspective. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it's good to see him playing well in the wing. He's just, he's been pushed into that center role. The Rangers have been trying to fit the with ra- round peg in the square hole for so long now. And they finally realized, Hey, this ain't working. So let's give this kid a shot. And, uh, the Lexi Lafreniere and uh, COVID protocol, you know, they decided to go with Philippito there. And I mean, he looks better. He looks a little more comfortable. Um, You know, as you know, fundamentally speaking with hockey, if you are playing on the wing, your responsibilities defensively are not nearly as much as those of a center. So it's less responsibility on him. It's less pressure on him. And I think we're just seeing a kid that's just going out there and playing with the chains off, which is good. Uh, their last five games with this road trip, I mean, they, they got absolutely shellacked by the Golden Knights cause they can't seem to beat them. Come back with a strong win against the Ducks, pro- one of their best games all year. Then they come back and they get, you know, beaten by the Kings, which was one of their worst performances all year, and then two sh- solid performances in a row against the Sharks, a good team. Then the reeling Flyers, which they only beat by a goal, which is not great um
0: more on that in a minute
1: more yeah exactly so but we're we're not with the power play is starting to, to falter a little bit they were a sixth rank power play now they're down to 10th uh the penalty kill is getting better now they're up to third which is great so uh, i mean some of the things are kind of i won't say falling into place but this team still needs to be better at five on five uh they're still abysmal at five on five to say the least uh, some of the analytics on their guys at 5-on-5 five five will tell you like, players like Panarin are not producing 5-on-5 five five at all. Something needs to change there. Uh, I like what I've seen from Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. They really upped their game, the two of them. Chris Kreider now has 24 goals a certain. Somebody is really happy that he's only six away from 30. Yeah, you might even have a shot at 40 this year, buddy, if you keep that up. Uh, I will take it. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I'll, I'll take it too. Uh, Capo Caco, I want to see more from him. He's had some games where he's looked good and then some others where he's just been flat out invisible. Uh, Ryan strom has been pretty strong. Maybe sans a couple of games recently, but over the last, I would say 10, 20 games, he's been really good for them. Uh, and it's funny that you asked this question. Why are they so bad on five on five? You know what? I've noticed differences between Galant system and Quinn system or Quinn's lack of the system. I should say. But, um, with Gallant, there's a lot of attention to detail all over the places. They say he's not an X's and O's guy. I call shenanigans on that. Um, he's absolutely an X's and O's guy. Uh, and I think that's part of it has affected their play at a five on five. <laughs> You're seeing guys like Panarin struggling, uh, at a five on five, but they come through on the power play and bang goal, you know, and this team is a quick strike team out of nowhere. They can just come up and put up a goal or two. So, but, um, yeah, I, I need more out of the bottom six in terms of offense. The third line's got to give you more. Fourth line's consistent. I even like this new little pack line they put together with uh, Brodzinski, Gettinger, and, and Barron that was playing together for a minute. They were really good. So um, I hope Morgan Barron stays in this lineup. He's ready. Braden Schneider has shown me that he's ready. Uh, I, I think it's time to start playing the kids and start shooting off guys like Nemeth into the sun because they, they don't need to be in this lineup anymore. Lebar Hayek should never play another game. Jared Tenordi should never play another game unless there's uh, health issues with this team. So that's what I'm seeing.
0: Well, coming up for the New York Rangers this week, you have the Carolina Hurricanes, where they're going to Carolina, and they're welcoming in the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. So, Anthony, uh, I'm, I should have let, let Philk in with this, but instead of let him in with Filippito, is this a statement week for the New York Rangers, you think?
2: No, I don't think so. I don't think it's any different than um, really any other week. I mean, they've, they've been tested and played good teams before. Um, and as I said a lot of times now, I mean, I think you could kind of stop saying, you know, is this is this a, you know, testament game for the Rangers or is this a make-or-break week for the Rangers? The Rangers, at this point, are further enough in the season that you know what they are. They're, they're a good hockey team. They're going to contend for the division. Um, they're not as experienced as some other teams who have, you know, who have been winning a lot lately, um, but they're there. Um, and I, you know, so I know I, I don't think this is a statement week for the Rangers. Uh, some of these teams, I think they're, you know, that they're already on par with or better than. Um, so, no, I, I don't. I, I I think Toronto has, a lot of holes in their, in their lineup still. I know they're, they're a little better. I think that they've been in the past in some areas uh, like defensively um, and Jack Campbell, despite me tra- fighting, trying to like give him credit or like him. I mean, he's played well enough now for the last year and a half that I got to give him his due. Um, I think he's second in the league in safe percentage when you filter out all the, all the goalies who haven't met the games played requirements. So, um, and then Carolina, I mean, Carolina is – I would say Carolina and Washington are the two teams that I think um, might give the Rangers the most problems in the regular season um, or the playoffs. But, no, I, I think the Rangers can match up against anybody. Um, I think sometimes, occasionally, they, they they still play down to their opponent too much or, for whatever reason, don't show up like that Kings game. Um, and that's a habit that you would hope will slowly, you know, exit from their game as they continue to – you know, learn from a new coach and, and get more experienced. But, um, no, I, I, so again, I don't think it's a statement week for them. Um, they are what they are. I think that, you know, they can really, uh, stand to add a more useful third line center. I think they could really improve in that area of the ice. Uh, I don't think Heedle's a center in my opinion. Um, and then after him, they could really use another pivot in the middle to stabilize them. So, um, but no, I think I think the Rangers, you know, whether they win or lose these two games, it shouldn't really make much of a difference in anybody's eyes about how they feel about them going forward.
0: Um. By the way, number one in all those categories, uh, goals against and save percentage when you filter out all the backups and everything, Igor Sesturkin. So, um. But yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of good to see Carolina and see what they're at. Uh. Even though. There's a long way to go in this season. It's only their first beating. It's 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 not so much a litmus litmus test as much as it's sort of like what are we going to be up against the the rest of the year they could be thinking. Um, I you know what it's 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 not a be all end all if they lose both games. So but you also want to maybe win them both and let the other teams know the the Rangers going to be there the rest of the season. They'll, they'll they'll see about that. So, uh, also going back into other Rangers news, Adam Fox and Chris Kreider were selected for the All Star Game. Mika Zibanejad won the last man vote in, which I then posted on the page and was saying, "Hey, he won the vote," and then realized he couldn't play. That that was that's not good part. That's that's almost as bad as my my headline in the Islanders one. So, um, you know. Just uh, thoughts on Fox and Crider, but no Panarin, Philk.
1: I get it. He's been up and down this year. I mean, he's still putting up points. Uh, looking at his points totals this year, I believe he's still well over a point per game. I'm just going to pull those up now. Uh, yeah, he's 38 points in 34 games. So, I mean, it's not what he's been scoring at in the previous two seasons. I still think part of that's an adjustment to a lot of systems and everything, but I'm okay with that. Um, Adam Fox definitely deserves it. Adam Norris again with the way that he's been playing. Um, Chris Kreider absolutely. When you're what third or fourth in the league in goals, yeah, yeah, you kind of deserve to be there. And Chris Kreider, not only that, has been pretty damn good away for puck too. Um, I'm not going to say that he's a silky caliber uh, defensive player. Uh, I don't think he's even close to that, but he's been above average defensively. Uh, His game has improved away from the puck. It really has. So uh, I'll give him credit there. And, you know, Igor Shosturkin not being in there is just absolute lunacy. I want to know who the hell thought that that was a good idea not having him there. How do you have the guy that's leading in two major goaltending categories is not in there? Okay. Okay, Slappy. Well, good job. We're going to have more yeah, on no. that in,
0: in about a few more minutes. So, yeah. yeah
1: but Mika Zibanejad making it as the last man in vote. Awesome. Uh, I mean, personal reasons. Uh, I hope he's not you know punished for not going. But you know what? Uh, it was good to see him get the uh, get the vote.
0: All right. Well, guys, what do you think about the Rangers this week? Is it a statement week or is it just, you know, just another game? Throw it all down in the comments below. How about Foxy and are going to the All-Star Game? Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We're going to do some bar talk because we got a lot of topics we are chomping at the bit about. So let's get that.
2: I'm going to take a shot on this
1: one. You're going to say beer.
0: I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh my God. All right, guys, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? You're not that confident. You really need a shot. Or, you know, so so I'll take a beer. But uh, you can also put your (laughs) – wow, I don't understand what, what happened. Brain fart right there. Um, but you you can also play along, put your comments in there, beer shot and buying everyone. Don't be afraid of it. All right, guys, we're going to start with this one and set the clock. The New York Rangers should stay away from JT Miller. Mr. John Fulkowski.
1: I'm going to buy around because I, I think that the price might end up being too much. And he's got term left after his deal at a somewhat high rate of just over 5 million um for his AAV for next year. So I'm, I'm definitely buying around on this. I, as I said, if they're going to go get anyone, it's going to be a rental or it's going to be somebody that has term but is team-controlled at a very team-friendly AAV. Anthony.
2: I'm going to go round two. Um, you know, kind of like they've already been there before with him. Um, you know, he, he's a good player. I'm not taking anything away from him. But as Philip mentioned, he's got term left. Um, the Rangers have some other contracts coming up that they have to take care of. Don't forget Adam Fox's extension is going to kick in next year. Um, you don't want to complicate things even more. Um, and I think there could be some better fits out there. Cheaper fits to Lawson Krauss is one that comes to mind. Um, so good player. Uh, I think, I think he can really help a team if Vancouver decides to move him, which honestly, I'm not, I'm not totally certain they are. I mean, all of a sudden Vancouver has more points than Edmonton. So um, yeah, he might, he might stay there, but um, I'll go, I'll, I'll go around. All right.
0: Uh, let's make it a clean sweep. I'm going to go around. And since I have six seconds left, he was not the greatest defensive player and he's a uh, so, so center. So that's, that's a reason. There's a reason why he was moved to the wing guys. Moving on. The Islanders need to keep Kyle Palmieri out of the, out of the lineup when he's healthy. I got to go to you, Mr. Larocco.
2: I, I got to preface this, First by saying, you know, yes, he was, he was bad so far this year. He has one goal. But um, they say need to keep him out of the lineup. It almost implies like he's like a Nemeth, like Kamarov player. It's not the case. I mean, let's face it. You know, he was great in the playoffs. And aside from his regular season last year, the guy had four or five years in a row where he scored no less than 24 goals. I mean, that's like the literally the definition of consistency when it comes to producing. So, um, and then lastly, there's the contract aspect to throw into that too. So, um, yeah, listen, like Bellows is playing really well right now and taking, taking him out when he's probably playing the best hockey of his career might be a big blow to the confidence that he finally gained because uh, that's really the only realistic guy that's going to come out of the lineup for him. No one else is going to sit for him. So um, it's going to be hard to do that. So I, I get the premise of this question, but I'm going to say shot because I think when he's healthy – He's going to get back in the lineup. Philk?
1: I'm going to actually say round here because I like what I've seen from Kiefer Bellows in this time. Not that I am a big believer in Kiefer Bellows. Um, I mean, he's scoring at like a 40-point pace right now. It's only 18 games, um, and we'll see if he can sustain that. But I, I like what I've seen more from him this year than I have seen from Kyle Palmiari. And if it comes down to Bellows or Palmiari, Palmiari says I don't care about his contract at this point. I, I always preach the word meritocracy and that, you know, if you're not playing well, you shouldn't be in the lineup. And Palmiari shouldn't be in the lineup because he has not played well. So keep Bellows in the lineup. Round.
0: Uh, I'm going to go beer. And it's yeah, I think you got to run him out there. you got to get him to, to start clicking and uh i agree with the meritocracy and i also agree you can't just sit him forever because kyle palmary was a very consistent player it's just which kyle Palmieri is going to show up playoff palmary or regular season Mary. that's what they need to do and that's what they need to figure out moving on the philadelphia flyers will have to blow it all up very soon boys i'm going to set the timer and i'm going to start this out by buying everybody around they are not only going to have to blow it up, but goodness only knows what the plan is. Remember when there was the talk about uh, Ivan Provorov being a potential Norris Trophy finalist at some point or even winner? Shane Gossespierre was this uh, offensive defenseman that changed around the game. They had all this young talent, uh, Travis Sanheim, uh, Sam Moran, and, and, and Farabee, and all these other guys. Not really, can I, and they're not really gelling as a team. So I, I, I don't, I just don't see it. And you're gonna have to get rid of some of some of the bigger veterans, and I, I don't know where they go from here. That's that's my number one problem. I have no solutions for them. Phil,
1: yeah, I'm buying around on this. Um, Claude Giroux's contract is is up. I, I would try to get as much as you can for him at this deadline. Uh, I, if I could move Kevin Hayes, I would move Kevin Hayes. I just don't know if anybody's going to take on him at seven million dollars because he just mm-hmm. has not been worth that contract at all. Um, Sam uh, Travis Sanheim has been disappointing, in, in my opinion. Uh, I love I, I love Joel Farby. I think he's a great player, but uh, I, they need a serious restart in Philly. So round
2: Anthony, I'm going to go beer. Um, yeah, Giroud's contract's up, so he's going to probably be gone at some point. But I mean. Who do they have to move? I mean, Philk mentioned Kevin Hayes. I don't know if anyone's touching that contract. They're not going to move Sean Couturier, nor I mean, really, they should. Joel they Farabee should, is, Joel Farabee is. I, I like him a lot. Um, I th- I like Konechny, Provorov. I think is actually a, a pretty good defenseman. I, I have no really problems yeah. with him. It's just he can't do it all himself. As Phil said, mentioned Sanheim hasn't really lived up his expectations, and that's hard. And then Carter Hart rebounded. He's got a 9 11 save percentage. That's not particularly good, but being how bad he was last year, yep. that's a big improvement. Um, so, yeah, Beer, only because I don't know. I really don't know who they could really move and the players they would want to move, like Van Riemsdyk or Hayes. I don't know if anyone's taking those contracts. I, gotta, I do got to say this.
0: Uh, last night's game, Carter Hart's knocking the stick that I think it was Zidane O'Chara was in the box and he was coming out. So, it's the end of the power play. Provorov gets the puck. He skates up to about the top of the circles and then does a little drop pass to <clears throat> no one. Like that, I, I know it's indicative of one play, but it's not it's not his season or his career. But but what is what what's he doing? And and yes, he's doing he he's he can't do it all by himself. And even in all this, I forgot to flash up that the Flyers have thirty four points and they're twenty fifth in the NHL. So we're going to move on. Guys, this is a big one. We've been talking about this one for a while. We're going to have to do it again. If the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs, Connor McDavid will demand a trade. Felk.
1: This one's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say beer just because I don't know if he necessarily does it now, but there is going to be a major shakeup. If Edmonton misses the playoffs, and there is going to be media hell. If you think Leon Drysidel getting pissy, as Jim Matheson says, with him um, is bad, you just wait for the shitstorm that happens if Edmonton misses the playoffs. So I'm going to go beer here.
2: Anthony. Um, in the context of this question, I'm going to go shot because I don't think it's going to be this year that he exits for out. But if things don't change in the next two years, because, what, he's got four years left in his contract, if I'm not mistaken? McDavid? So, yeah. Yeah, we'll double, double-check that, four. but I believe it's four. So, I mean, he, he very well might maybe halfway through with two years left, he may say if nothing changes, he has enough and X for out. I just don't think it's going to happen this offseason. Yeah, even if they four, make,
1: four years yeah. left, and then his no-movement clause kicks in this offseason.
2: All right. Ooh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think – I don't think that's happening this year. I, I would be shocked if it came this early, but I will say, like again, I think it will happen if things don't improve. Um, I mean, this team, this team is a disaster. I mean, they're just—you could see the what happened with Drysidle and the press conference. You know, you could see tensions are high. They're obviously pissed off, rightfully so. Were they two ten and two in their last, but four, 14 games, I believe oh um, uh, yes so
0: actually I had it right that, yeah. I had it right here in the last 10 is two six and two I uh, yes I believe you're right
2: two, so, two 10 oh, and two. you're making you're trying to make them look better but the whole thing they're, that's even worse for <laughs> they're, they're not they're not playing good hockey and, and things a mess there in Edmonton so um boy I, I I mean yeah that's that's gonna be a tough situation if they do miss but I don't think it's happening this soon and, and by the way we're gonna play that clip for you in a
0: second that we keep talking about but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go beer. I'm not going to buy everybody around. I've been saying, predicting gloom and doom on this since Jack Eichel last year, but let me just flash this one out at you for, for you guys. Um, uh, well, I had the upcoming games. There aren't many wins in there. And then the last time the Oilers mm-hmm. won a playoff game, Guardians of the Galaxy volume two opened at the box office. Wow. Yeah. You were wasting Connor McDavid's career. Corey I mean, Perry unless, is
1: still an Anaheim Duck.
0: Yeah, and on, by the way, let me also say I'm not counting the play-in round, so that was ridiculous. Which, by the way, we'll get to the play-in round in a moment too. But it's there's there's a lot of problems that are going on in Edmonton, and I'm not sure if Connor McDavid wants to wants to stick around for it especially when you just don't, you, you, you don't know if he's the perfect solution. He, what, he, what, what can he do? I mean, he's, he scored you know, 100 points last year. They didn't win a damn game in the playoffs. It, it's amazing and, and just mind-boggling. And, boys, here is that clip we were talking about right now.
1: Lots of reasons for why the owners are playing the way they are in terms of winning and losing. What do you think is the number one reason for the losses now? Is there, is there one thing that you, in your own mind you're saying, we've got to get better at that?
0: Yeah, we have, we have to get better at everything.
1: Would you like to expand on that? No. Nope. You can do that. You know everything. Why are you so pissy, Hold on, Leon? Hmm? Why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just I, answering your Yeah, question. you are. Whenever I ask you a question.
2: I gave you an answer.
1: Not very good one. I have one more for you. Leon, you showed your frustration on the ice last game against Ottawa. Is that a good thing when you show it so the other team knows you're frustrated? Yeah,
0: it's a great thing. For sure. Good. And, by the way, why is he asking that question? That's ridiculous. What question? Why are you so busy?
2: Oh, that question.
0: Like, and what reporter asked that question?
1: He, he's basically setting him up for a gotcha type moment to try to throw his teammates under the bus. And when Leon doesn't take the bait, he gets annoyed that Leon doesn't take the bait and sees right through his garbage. That's that's Great. a joke, man.
0: That's a joke. And and, and and he deserved the response that Dreisaitl gave him.
1: Good. I have no. Was- pr- and you know what? Ryan Callahan last night was on uh, the ESPN telecast of the Flyers Islanders game and he came right out and said good for leon for not taking the bait and giving him the answer that he gave him good you know what when i wish more players would do this and show the personalities that they have because you know what if the media out there and you know it's funny that i'm saying this because we're we're trying to be in the media here you know that a lot of these t- a lot of these guys want to you know play games with the, these guys and put them into corners and trap them And you know what? And Matheson got frustrated. Matheson has been doing this in Edmonton for years, for years with all different types of players. So, you know what? Good on Leon for for telling it how it is and giving him a taste of his own medicine. Too bad. So sad.
2: Anthony, your thoughts on the question? I just thought that's funny. I, I, I said this last week. We're talking about a McDavid. We're talking about a McDavid trade. Yeah, for, we were talking about that. For these, that the yeah, for these fans clamoring to get him, you're you're not realizing your team's going to look a whole lot of it different once he's on the roster, to the point where it's not worth it. Um, but uh, as far as the, the dry sidle mix up with um, Matheson, listen, I think I think it's not just dry sidle that's frustrated. Let's face it: when you're a reporter and you cover a team that's just been disappointing for, you know, for so long and not living to expectations. Just like the player, I, I think it gets to you, you know, and you become frustrated too. I do not think it was a perfect storm. Um, but, listen, it is what it is. It's a dust-up. I'm, I'm sure that there's no ill will there long-term and they'll be fine. But good for Leon Dreisaitl kind of giving it back to him for sure. You know, that was an interesting perspective on that, Ant. I never even
0: had that come to mind anyway. But – uh, about being a reporter and, and, and being frustrated as you're covering the team. Yeah, so. and
1: you know what? And they're, they're frustrated too because some of these guys get attached to the team and they want the team to do well. And I, I get that, but you can't handle yourself in that type of way and expect not to get that type of response from Sidle or anyone that you're asking that type of question to in that kind of inflammatory way. That's
0: it. Yeah, and that's just the way to say it. Guys, next week, we're going to be doing our mid-season awards. And one name that's going to be coming up is going to be the name right here. Jonathan Huberdeau is a heart Trophy finalist. Philk, what do you think?
1: Uh, I know I said this a, a, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so, maybe a little longer. But, yeah, he's got to be right there. in And I'm buying around on this. This guy is doing everything in Florida. Alexander Barkov is not having the year that you would expect offensively from a guy like him. And I, for, for me, I mean, this was a guy that in 2019 scored uh, a, a point per game, uh, actually 90 points in in 2019. Barkov only has 29 and 26. That's still really good, but he's missed time. And, and Huberto has picked up the slack while he's missed that time with 53 points in 39 games for Florida. So that's pretty damn good. So I'm I'm buying a round on this.
0: Anthony. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm doing a round as well. Um, you know, I, I think he's been incredibly important to this Panthers team. Um, you know, as Phil said with Barkoff, Barkov's still an amazing player, but I feel like Huberto's really driving this team right now. He leads the league in assists. He's fourth in the NHL in points, as you see there. Um, you know, he could do it all, pass, shoot. He could skate really well. He could dangle. Um, you know, it's, and he's had great years before this. He's been producing at a, you know, high level for the last couple of years. So it'll be nice to see him get some recognition. Um, so right now, it, honestly, him and Ovechkin it would be a toss-up for me, but he's definitely a finalist if he if not winning it.
0: Uh, I'm going to buy around round two, boys. And I wasn't exactly on the Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, bandwagon, exactly. But he's two points behind Alexander Ovechkin for the for the league lead, and he's he's fourth right now. But that could change in just one game. This team puts <clears> up <throat> goals in buckets all the time, and yeah, it's Huberto, it's uberdo doing most of it. So, uh, so I, I just heard something. I just wanted to make sure I, I had that clear. All right, guys. Speaking about. Speaking about just repeating ourselves over and over again, and this one I kind of threw back in there, the Colorado Avalanche will not win a cup because of their goaltending. And I got to start it for you guys and, and set you up. I'm buying around. I'm buying around all over the place today. Jeez, wouldn't you love to see me at the bar tonight? <laughs> I mean, this, this team, like, they're giving up 3.21 goals a game and Darcy Kemper, I know I have him in fantasy. Yeah, he's got 17 wins. Look at that. Goals against the C percentage. That's not going to win you a playoff series. So uh, I got to go with that. And despite the fact that I'm, I'm not rooting against the Avalanche. So Anthony, jump in on this.
2: Um, I, I I will say that it, their style of hockey they play doesn't really tend to benefit them in the playoffs. So when things really tighten, tighten up and their offense maybe dries up a little bit. And if Kemper's not up to the task, they're going to get their doors blown off. So right now he's not living up to their, their standards. But again, you got to remember the Avalanche play like a running gun style hockey. That's not really favorable to your goalie. So um, I, I think their team's much better than them in their own end and defensively, but not as good offensively. So I think there is like that point where he evens out, but I will say, yeah, I don't think their style of hockey can win a Stanley Cup. They can win them a round or so. But anything further than that, I'm not sure about. So um, I think I I won't go – I won't really quite join you on the round train there, but I will say beer. All right. Philk.
1: I'm going to say beer because – not just because of Kemper himself, but because of the fact that guys like McCarr aren't great defensively. Yeah, McCarr is probably the best offensive defenseman in the league. I mean, the skating and the shooting are just ridiculous. Um, But their team defense isn't great. I mean, and like Anthony said, when you get into the playoffs, games start to tighten up. And that's when offense starts to go down a bit. And I don't think I just don't think Colorado is built to win overall. And then when you have to get down to the goaltending and the matchups matter more in the playoffs, you have Kemper up against guys like Lener, um yeah, and some of the other guys in the conference. And then even if they get to the Stanley cup finals, could, you, could you imagine if the Rangers somehow got there and it was a matchup between Kemper and Shisterkin? um Yeah. I, I, the Rangers absolutely had that one in the bag right there, that, that matchup. So I'm not, not saying overall, but the goaltending matchup, they win it. Darcy Kemper, to me, when, when the teams that end up making the playoffs, Darcy Kemper is going to be one of the worst goaltenders of all the playoff teams out there, in my opinion.
0: So, Which is what's funny because uh, two years ago, he stole the play-in round to get Arizona in. yeah, And this guy has the potential to be – one of the the better goaltenders but he's he's never put it together. I,
1: I just don't trust him. So yeah I, I'm staying with beer here.
0: And especially on that on that team. Uh one guy has been playing really well over the last two months and had a great game last weekend versus the Washington Capitals is Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demco is proving that he's a franchise goalie. Philk.
1: I really like his performance I, I like the way that he, he played in the playing round and now the way that he's playing again this year, he's not playing behind a, a great team. That's the problem for me. I mean, 17, 14 and one with a nine, 12 or no, I'm sorry. Nine, 17, say percentage and a two, six, two goals against. It's pretty good. I don't know if I'm ready to say, Because it depends on the term franchise. Are are we talking like an elite level goaltender or are we just talking like a legitimate starter?
0: No, legitimate starter and uh, somebody that you could build a team around. Not necessarily elite. Legitimate starter?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would build a team around Thatcher Demko, but he's a legitimate starter. So um, I'm going to say beer here because I, I, I just think that this... To, a little too open to interpretation the way you worded it. I'm sorry. So. Okay.
0: Well, that's
2: a Mark special right there. Anthony. <laughs> um, he's not a franchise goaltender, uh, shot, but he is, I think he is a, you know, very formidable number one goalie. Um, you know, a nine, a nine seventeen percentage is nothing to sneeze at. Um, but you know, I wouldn't quite say that that percentage is elite. So, um, Shot, but he is he is a good goalie, and I I think um, you know he is good enough to get to the Canucks to the playoffs. Maybe not this year, but in general, and you know maybe even win a round or two. So, but he's not a franchise elite level goalie.
0: I'm actually gonna go beer, and I know I put in the stats and put in everything, but we'll see exactly where he's going to be. Um, I give uh, Demko all the credit in the world. But this is definitely the Bruce Boudreaux effect because can't help but notice it's those last 14 games where Bruce Boudreaux was there and he's.
2: Yeah. He's gotten
0: to be
1: expected. I, I know that listing his numbers for like for the whole season doesn't really tell the whole story. It's like Georgiev. When, when, yeah. When, when Igor went down. Georgiev's numbers went from like an eight, what eight six eight or something like that save percentage to like a nine forty. I mean, it, it, it's it's stupid, but I I don't know. I'm not ready to say that he's a franchise goaltender, but he's a very 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 good starter.
0: So all right, and our second to last topic. Actually, I didn't turn the I didn't turn the timer on, on that one. I'll do that for this one, Anthony. I'll start with you. The All Star game rosters got it right.
2: Um, you know, shot, uh, but you get this every year, you get, you know, list of players who got snubbed or the media says, you know, I can't believe they didn't get in and fans upset about it. Um, and it's all valid. Uh, but you also have to remember there's, there's circumstances that go into it. Like, listen, Shesterkin leads the league in a lot of goaltending categories. He's been nothing short of outstanding. I can see why Ranger fans are just questioning why he wasn't in it and, you know, feel robbed, which is true, but, there's like the circumstances that I mentioned that go into it. One, you know, the league doesn't want so many players from one team, you know, in, in the game Two, You never know. Maybe it's just a lot of players you hear in the media don't want to play in the all-star game. Maybe Igor Shostakov didn't want to play in the all-star game. We don't know three, but that same tune, maybe the, maybe the player from the Penguins that they wanted to select, let's say Crosby or, or Gensel eventually got in, um, didn't didn't want to play in it so then they had to pick another person on their team they go okay well who else is performing at a high level all right Tristan Jarry's like what fourth in the league in save percentage we got to take Jarry and that means okay well now Shesterkin gets bumped out so they didn't take just not take Igor Shesterkin because they you know said oh he's not good or we don't like him or want to snub him there's things that go into it so by first glance, you look at it and you say it's a tire fire, and so many guys that missed should have got in, and is absolutely right. But when you take a step back and you look at it, there's there's situations that really play into who they pick and the reasons for it. So that's what I'll say about that. Mr. Pugalski.
1: Uh shot, and like you said, it's this way every year. Somebody's always snubbed, somebody's always this and that. But this is the biggest thing for me here. Um, you 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 have to have. Why is it that every team has to have a representative? Why? If a team doesn't deserve to have a representative, then don't send somebody from that team. That was like when, um, what was it? Ottawa had to send somebody in 93. Why did Ottawa get to send somebody in 93 when they were an absolute dumpster fire? It just There's no point in this. Like Adam Pellick, yeah, he's good, but is he having an all-star year? No, by, by all means, he's not having the years that he's had in years past. I mean, Arizona, why is Arizona sending somebody? Why is Buffalo sending somebody? I mean, just enough with this inclusivity crap with the the rules with this. All-stars are meant to be in the all-star game. If you're not having that type of season, you don't go. That's it. And and another thing that they screwed up is this. You're going to suspend Mika Zibanejad for not going a game. You're going to suspend him a game for not going. You know what the NHL? Hockey. Best sport. Absolute worst worst shit league, league.
0: <laughs> shit well, uh I'm gonna go to beer on this guys and only because as Anthony said before, it's that they they constructed this to be a game, and that's what they did. so they got all these uh they, I, I actually do agree. I think you need to have uh all representation because sometimes it's hard to be on those teams that aren't any good. And it's just well, you got a guy like Tage Thompson. He's having a great season. You, know, you you reward him. You send him to the All Star game. I don't even know if he's a representative. I forgot the look. But it's just, which is real professional to to say now that I think about that. But it's um, it's it's something that that look. The real reason why is that Sosturkin got snubbed because Pittsburgh was sending Tristan Jari instead. That's really what it comes down to. And the three on three tournament doesn't give you a lot of room for error, so that's really the last of it. I can, and our last topic, I we're can tell you why in.
2: I can tell you why they send the representative from each team. It's because the league wants to make sure every, every fan, you know, fan, because hockey, fan, hardcore hockey fans will watch no matter what. But you have a casual fan; they feel that it will alienate them if one of their players isn't playing. And they, those fans won't watch. And I think they want to make sure they, they have everyone covered so they can get as so much viewers as possible.
0: In the 2000s, wasn't there was a year that the Islanders weren't represented?
2: I don't remember, to be honest with you. I, don't, I, I don't
0: Yeah, I remember like when they were bad, some, they, they got passed over. And because they, they went over, they, they omitted that rule. But
1: I'm with D. Ely on this. Bring back the five on five in the east for the west and west. And you know what? And this game is, is so boring. Make it worth something playing for. Get, why don't they do it like the MLB and just give home, advan- uh, give home ice advantage to the, the conference that wins?
0: And I mean, all the players get paid. I, I like it when they put on a show. Like the one moment we could all point to for the all-star game was speaking about pointing to it. Owen Nolan calling a shot on Dominic Hoshik and going bar down. Um, I like it when the players get to have a little bit more fun doing this and try to use the all-star game as an exhibition. And in the case of, uh, I think it was 1996, uh, basically it was an audition for Brett Hall to get Wayne Gretzky on the team. And that really did not work out as well.
1: Because the 97 one was when yeah. Nolan sniped Hoshik.
0: Yeah, no, it's just using the 96 as the example. Yeah. Uh, what happened in the, something happened in the 96. I remember a team was, oh, I know what happened in the 96 one. Ray Bork scoring the game winner with a minute remaining. That's what happened with that one. All right. Uh, I'm going to go crazy on this one. I know it's going to happen, guys, but I'll let you guys go first. And the NHL is eventually going to go the way of the NFL and Major League Baseball by adding te- playoff teams and a play-in rounds. Mr. John Fulkowski. Oh, actually, no. Let me go with Anthony first.
2: I've always been on the fence about this. Um, but I, this question is what they're eventually going to do. And I, I think I, it's been reported that Bettman doesn't want to do it. But I think eventually there's going to be pressure financially and revenue wise, and they're going to do it just like the NFL added the seventh wild card. They didn't have for the longest time. They didn't have a seventh wild card team um, and they did it. And what does it meant? It gets more, more, you know, revenue from the gate, from the team that's playing that home game, whatever it is, um, you know, more, more people interested uh, more games to stream on TV. So it's, it's all about revenue. It all circle back to money. Um, and listen, COVID has put hard times on the league and any league um, and every industry of life for that matter. Um, And hockey is no different. And I think eventually they're going to maybe want to recoup some money um, and some money grab. And I think they're going to do it eventually. Um, And the second part to that is aside from money, which the one proponent I kind of agree on is sometimes you could get a case of where the, the last team on the outside looking in, let's say, you know, had one less point or, or were tied, whatever, with, with the last team and got in and they got, it was a tiebreaker that got that one team in and they're going to say, okay, well, what's the what's the difference in, in you know, competition level and skill-wise and, you know, well, who's to say that team that made it is actually better and there's that aspect too and I think that's going to lead to a play-in round or an extra team, whatever it is. But do I agree with it as a whole? Not necessarily, but I think they are eventually going to cave and do it. You're buying, right? Yeah, I guess I'll I'll have to buy around. Uh oh, it sucks because you're making a great case, Philk. This is what
1: we think is going to happen, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go beer because I'm not sure if the event if they will. I think it's possible, but it, it's it just this is too stupid. I mean, I, I get money and just. De Ely was right about this. Money always wins out. It just yeah. and Anthony brought up the point about the money before. They might want to recoup money. And and going forward, if it ends up being a success and it helps on a TV deal or something like that, they're gonna stick with that. And could I see it? Sure. I just don't know if and when it'll happen. Um, uh, but it's it's definitely a possibility. Do I want it to happen? No, no because then now you're diminishing the regular season. What the hell is the point? So
0: I, I, and thank you to Anthony for changing this around. Cause now you just change around my entire response. <laughs> uh God, I'm buying everybody around. I, I, instead of, I still might flip out because it's like, what do we need to have 32 playoff teams instead? That's basically the regular goddamn season. So it's, you know, it's just so stupid. If, if you can't be, if you're the 17th best team in the NHL and you, or, and you couldn't jump over the eighth best team in your conference, play better. Shut up. I am so unbelievably sick and tired of the ever expanding playoffs. Baseball has it perfect right now. So hopefully they won't get any further than that. Um, NFL, you know what? They were able to get one more wild card team in there. Now there's a bye week for the top team. I think that's fine. The NBA is doing this playing tournament, mm-hmm. and it's an absolute joke. It is an absolute joke. Nobody likes this thing. And it's because, if I recall correctly, the Phoenix Suns were great in the bubble, and, and they were unbeaten, and they couldn't get in. So the NHL, stay away from this because there aren't many times where you need a team that needs a playing game, a la the Rangers Flyers in 2010, and I think there might have been a couple other ones like uh, San Jose versus uh, the Kings in 2012. The Islanders I, Devils, Islanders Devils, but but the Islanders weren't playing against the Devils to make the playoffs. And oh, they were just they're... trying to play to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, it's just yeah. no, no. We don't, they don't need this. Hockey's got an 82 game regular season. The whole purpose of baseball doing it for a one game playoff was to penalize the wild card teams, not reward them. Because it got to the point where, yeah, I well, first off, thanks, thanks, Sean. Uh, you reminded me that I have to do one thing burn in hell, Oliokinen. And <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like, seriously, that was the weakest shootout move I've ever seen anybody ever do. Um, and he's one of the best of all time, which w- makes it even more frustrating.
2: No, you're thinking of Yussi Yokinen, who is one of the Yussi, best of yeah, all times in the show.
0: No, 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 no. Yussi Yokinen is better than his brother, but his brother was still over fifty percent. Was he? Yeah, Oli Jokinen was real good. He used to always uh, like he used to uh, score I don't all the think time. He was that high? It, in yeah, I,
2: I thought you were thinking of Yussi Yokinen who had the really high no, sport. no, his brother
0: was very good. Well, his bro- yeah, I mean at. I mean, Yusu Yoganin is one of the best shootout shootout players of all time. But anyway, but just again, it's what what are we doing here? Let's and don't and and you know what, Anthony, you're 100 right. You know what? It's for, it's because of one reason. Money, 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 money. So all right, guys, that's gonna conclude our bar talk. Uh, what did you guys think about? Uh, What'd you guys, what you guys think about whether or not the NHL is going to expand the playoffs and whether or not it, they really should. Oh, they're going to do it for the money. Everybody does everything for the money. It's why we can't get a decent NHL game from EA sports anymore. Cause it's all the huts, the hockey ultimate teams. So uh, do you think the Rangers should stay away from JT Miller, Jonathan Huberto, Hart trophy finalist, Kyle Palmieri radioactive to the Islanders lineup, throw it all down in the comments below. Uh, I put in a discussion topic because I was having this uh, discussion yesterday, guys, and I need to get your opinions out of this where it's uh, I've had it on the special. Oh, by the way, uh, actually, before we do that, I have it over here. Anthony brought this in or, or Phil, it might have been you. The NHL is yeah. not testing asymptomatic players anymore. Your thoughts on that, guys. Great.
1: Finally. Just they needed to do this for a while. Other leagues have been doing this. And now hopefully we could stop worrying about, you know, players who are symptomatic that are vaccinated. And it just, we only, we obviously know that there are two players in this league that are not vaccinated. Tyler Bertuzzi and Evander Kane. And that's it. So. And it's on. weird
0: that Canadian teams are trying to get Evander Kane with all the vax mandates that they got. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. But next week we're going to be doing our mid-season awards. Just to mention that once again, and since, since every team will be playing their 42nd game, except the New York Islanders, but uh, you'll have to you'll have to wait probably until sometime in March for you guys to play your 42nd game, Anthony. Hmm. But guys, who is the best player in the NHL post the 2004-2005 season lockout? Um, now. The best players, I should say. So I'm, I'm going to go and fix that once you guys start talking. But obviously, Crosby Ovechkin, one, two, however you guys want to put it, argue with me on that. But let's fill in the blanks from, say, three to 10. Wow. Three to 10?
2: I mean, Joe Thornton had some pretty good years after the 04 lockout. Right.
1: Yeah, Joe I just, Thornton, I, I I believe up until about 2017 was was a point per game player in a lot of years. Um, you might have to put him three or maybe four behind Evgeny Malkin.
0: I uh, you know what Evgeny Malkin's right there, right I mean, there too. Th-
1: Thor- Thor- Thornton Thornton's last point per game season was in 2016. He had. Uh, He had 19 goals and 82 points in 82 games with San Jose. I mean, and that was at his age 36 year. So, I mean, uh, to put this in perspective, so from post-lock. You guys are doing
0: a great job in the comments, by the way. Keep going, talk.
1: So um, from 2006 to 2016, Thornton had 920 points in 858 games, including 217 goals. That's really, really good. So um, for post lockout until now, um, and on one he had a 1, thousand 1114 points in 1192 games. That's really good. Malkin in that time, let's see this. and he had uh, a scoring trophy and an Art Ross. So Malkin for his career because his career is obviously all post lockout. Um Malkin has won three cups. Uh he was a Calder winner in 2007. First Two ever time, two-time Art Ross winner. Uh 50-bowl season in 2012 including the the Ross that year. Um 2009 Conn Smythe winner. He won the Hart in 2012. He won the Pearson in 2012. I I probably have to put Malkin third.
0: Now here was my number three that I said, and I actually put him at three and four. Again, I'll say put it for me. It goes Crosby, Ovechkin, number one, number two. Yeah. Then I would probably have to go Patrick Kane. I don't uh, know about that, he he won an Art Ross and a Conn Smythe, and is the first American ever to win the Art Ross. He also won the Hart Trophy. Um, I go with all those. Um... Jonathan Taves if you account for the playoffs could be number 4. But you're down you're making a great case for me to move him down when I had this conversation. No, I wouldn't have put T- I would put Henrik Lundqvist in the top 5 though. Yeah. He's
1: been the best goaltender since the, the since the 05 lockout ended. He
0: Hands down. Best- I mean, I was trying to figure out where where we were on that. Now, D. Ily, um brought up a good point. Is it too early to put the or too late to put down the 2005 draft like go or those uh, guys McDavid. um
1: they haven't really played enough time i mean i i, I if you're going to tell me who do i think the best player that's played in the nhl since then it's actually stepped on it's Connor McDavid
0: it's Connor there's McDavid no, yeah
1: there's no there's no doubt about it but um we're, we're talking about full bodies of work McDavid's had like six six years. Um I, I just McDavid is the only one that I'd really make the, the exception to the rule for just because he's had such a start to his career that we have seen from very, very, very rare few players. I mean um, uh, I've always said that if you ended Connor McDavid's career today, he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer.
0: Anthony, I want to hear your list we're going to try to do 10 off the top of our head, rapid fire and, and real quick. And, um, because I'll also put up this right here. Uh, Steven threw out a couple names, um, Ovechkin, Crosby, McKinnon. See, I don't know about if I put McKinnon in there yet. Yeah, Dry Drysaddle Dry maybe because he's been so good. Or Marchand and Carlson. I would actually put Bergeron ahead of Marshan right now because of the amount of years he's got. Anthony, your thoughts.
2: Uh, we're still talking best players, NHL post 24, 2004 lockout.
0: 2004 lockout, yeah.
2: Um, Brad Boys, David Backus, <laughs> um, Eric, Eric Christensen, <laughs> uh, Wojtek Walski, um, oh, and, God. Andy Hilbert, uh, yeah, Miroslav Shatan, Piet Parento, yeah, Piet Parento, definitely, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Mark, I looked at. It, I had to look it up. Ola Jokinen's nowhere to be found in shootout records. Yeah, he's nowhere to be found.
0: I always remembered him having a really good shootout records. You
2: think of you? You think of U C? You Jokinen?
0: No, I swear to you, I could have sworn he was at forty. <laughs> no. He was over fifty percent. No, no, because
1: <laughs> there, there's no one that's over fifty percent career.
0: You know what? I didn't have a misspelling this week, so uh, I'll at least. I always take this as, as as my loss of the week.
2: Yeah, yeah. This
1: is definitely your loss of the week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Tate I think Jonathan Tays is one of the highest shooting. I think it's like forty eight point five seven. He had one Nielsen of the highest there too. Who?
0: Franz Nielsen.
2: Yeah, three. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm. I'm still gonna yeah. check this out. But Anthony, what do you think? Top players post lockout.
2: Um as we a lot of names we've already mentioned Crosby Malkin Ovechkin um Marion Hossa uh you know C- Connor McDavid um you have to include him um probably can include Leon Draisaitl as well i don't know um, if i would
1: put Leon Draisaitl up there yet uh, nah. if you are if we're talking like <coughs> i don't i just don't think the body of work is strong enough for Draisaitl as opposed to McDavid yeah maybe maybe,
2: maybe yeah
1: McDavid all right so McDavid for per context McDavid in seven seasons or six seasons played previously has won three scoring titles two MVPs um it says fall four time four-time all-star on hockey reference but i don't know what they go by on it i don't know if it's all nhl um he would have won the calder had not he'd been hurt in 2016 yeah, I mean he he has four 100 point seasons in his first six in his first six years, and the only reason why he doesn't have a fifth one is because of the fact that he played only 64 games in 2020 and missed it by three points. Like this yeah. is one of the greatest yeah. starts to a career we've ever seen.
0: I'm willing to put McDavid in there. I can uh, put yeah. in
1: get it. nobody else. No,
0: right, Ryan, Ryan Getzloff. See, I put left in. I wouldn't put Perry in.
1: Uh, I don't know if I put Getzlaff in there,
0: but Perry's got gonna, the heart trophy. Who, Perry, of two of them.
1: Uh, no, Perry, Perry has a rocket, Richard.
0: No, he, he, didn't he win the heart in uh, no twenty? No, no, that's right. He won the rocket. Richard. You know this is what the hard part is about doing everything Pablo by man. For
1: me, would definitely would probably be in my top ten though, because the 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 years that he had while winning the Selkie trophy and then having back-to-back 90-point seasons and winning the Selkie trophy, becoming only the second player in NHL history to do that, uh, I, I'm – or actually, yeah, the second player to have two different seasons of 90-plus points and winning the Selkie, the other one being Sergey Fedorov. But it, it, it just look at his numbers post-lockout and just, wow. It, 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 the very first year, he was 87 points in 75 games. And then eighty-seven points a year again, and and then, and then he wins the. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to go through. Something happened with Hot reference here. Okay, now it's here. We go. All right. By the so, way, do you count
0: the Sadin twins as one person? Ta,
1: no, but but Datsuk post lockout had seven hundred and sixty-four points in seven hundred and forty-four career games. And he won three consecutive Selkie trophies, and then from from 2008 to 2013, finished in the finalists, uh, finished in the finals of the Selkie voting every year, or won it. So yeah, that's incredible to 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 do that for that type of span. And then he finished fifth in Selkie voting in 2015. And he was a point per game that year, too, with 65 points in 63 games at 36 years old. Like, that, it, that's incredible, man.
0: It truly is amazing how both well-recognized and yet still underrated this guy is.
1: Nicholas Lidstrom is another one that's probably in the top 10. I mean, he won, what, four Norris trophies post-lockout? I believe yeah. he won- Four, yeah, I, I believe it's four because I think it's 0- 06, 07, 08. He didn't win it in oh nine, um, he didn't win it in 10, and then he won it again in 11, I believe. So, hold on,
0: but you could put Lundquist in there over Marc Andre Fleury.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Marc Andre Fleury might might have the cups, but yeah. and then he and he has he got a Vezina last year, but Henrik Lundquist was the standard for goaltending. While Marc-Andre Fleury didn't finally win his only Vezina until Henrik Lundqvist was basically gone from the league. So, But Nicholas Lidstrom from 2006 to 2012 had 416 points in 548 career games, and he won four Norris trophies, and he finished no worse than fifth in Norris voting. And that was in his last year at 41 years old. He finished fifth in Norris voting. So, yeah, Nicholas Littrim's definitely a top 10 for me as well. Anthony? Andre Mizarros. Who put that one in there? Was that Anthony? Yeah, it has, it has to be Anthony. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, so where does. um, uh, Oh, my God. I can't believe his name is giving me. Uh, Andre Anze Kopitar. Where does he fit in there?
1: I would say outside the top 10.
0: Outside the top yeah. ten, all right.
1: if, if you think about it, look at all these guys: Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin, uh, Lidstrom, Lundqvist. Uh, I, I, I'd have to say Pavel Datsuk would probably be a top ten for me.
0: Lidstrom is the only guy I think with the majority of his career before the lockout. I would still put post lockout
1: Marty St. Louis. There's another one. That that that's a that's another one you would have to think of. Yeah. I mean, Joe Thornton would probably be in the top 10, probably towards the bottom half of it. But, I mean, he would have to be top 10 for me.
0: Steven's got Roman Yossi. Would you go with Yossi over Weber if you had to choose?
1: No, because Yossi, he only started coming on – like, Weber has been more of a force for longer. Yeah, Uh, San San Louis post lockout to the end of his. Why is this doing this? I hate when this thing does this, but um, all right, so San Louis from 05 06 to his last season had 774 points in 770 career games. He won an Art Ross in 2013, yeah, sure, because of Crosby's injury, um, but. He won a scoring title, and he was over a point per game. Uh I would love to find somebody with with a better resume than that, aside from the guys that we've
0: listed. Anthony, can you think of anybody? Oh. Yoshin Hecht?
1: Yeah, Yoki Hecht. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yoshin Hecht. Yeah. Oh.
1: Jochen Hecht was a decent player, but Anthony is just trying to uh, – uh, he's,
0: he's clearly trying to mess with with yeah. all this, and, 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 <laughs> I, and this is, I, I love this right now. Um, I mean,
1: Dante Kopitar is a good one. Um, he's, he's had two Selkie trophies, became the fifth player in NHL history to score 90 points and win the Selkie in the same season. Should have won the MVP that year. He was a finalist. He finished third, but he should have won the MVP that year over Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon. I don't know why. He did. He dragged LA to the playoffs with Dustin Brown and Drew Dowdy as the next two scorers on his team. So there was yeah. no help for, for Andre Kopitar and the, and the Kings. But a thousand points, uh, two Selkies, two Stanley Cups. Uh, he probably should have had a Conn Smythe because uh, this guy had two different runs of 20 plus points in playoffs while playing elite level defense doing so. Um,
0: he's cool. there's an Eric Stall. What about Eric Stahl? No, I 30
1: know
2: 30 you said 30. it to be a little cute, but Eric Stall had a pretty good career. Well, let's see, he has teed 441 goals since 506 06. He's got he's over a thousand points, right? Uh,
1: Eric Stahl, Uh, I, I, no, nah, I, I wouldn't, I would probably go to Marty Brodeur before I, I go to before I go to Eric Stahl
0: which says something he only had about eight years post lockout
1: I mean Brodor won two Vezinas and a, a Jennings finished a, a runner-up for a Vezina he won 288 uh games a, a, a out of 369 started had a save percentage of 913 and a goals against a 234 and that's Brian Rafalski was there for two years in 06 and 07. Someone and then he went to Detroit. can rely. What the hell was that?
0: I think it was just an ad that pop, popped on for Anthony because he's laughing right now about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, 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 would, I would consider Brodeur. I mean, he'd have to have some sort of consideration.
0: But so the consensus, though, you'd say even with the numbers, Sidney Crosby is number one, right?
1: Yeah, he's got to be. He's I mean, he's probably he's a top 10 player of all time.
0: It's amazing how that one cup closed the gap for Ovechkin. And it's not that it closed all the way. It's just it, it, it definitely changed the perception of Ovechkin completely um I
1: mean, probably going to break the Gretzky's goals record. So, I, I mean, if he does and Crosby starts to tail off a little more, and what happens mm. if Obechkin wins that goal? What happens if he wins the goal-scoring tie, if he wins the Richard and the Ross this year? I mean, then you start looking at it and say, oh, hey, like, this is not as black and white of an argument as you think, or, you know, clear cut.
0: Yeah. So uh so anyway guys what do you think uh who's the who's the best player post lockout give us give us a top 10 that you got in the comments down below and i thought it was you guys saying my name but it was my roommate saying it just now uh throw it all down in the comments below uh don't forget also to like share and subscribe that's gonna play well uh recording that one back um over again by the way guys just for the record uh oleo Ole Was over 50% when he was with the Rangers and took that last shootout goal and finished a shootout attempt and finished five for five at 50%. For his career, not as good as his brother, obviously. It's hockeyreference.com is listing him as 35%. So you're right, Anthony. Apparently, I was thinking the single season and uh, still go to hell, Oliokinen. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I probably got to end this at six for me because I gotta, I gotta eat dinner and stuff before the game.
0: No problem. And so we'll we'll do Q and A for about twenty minutes.
1: minutes. Yeah. Fifty oh. percent Mo- most likely to choke in a shootout attempt. Only joking, in. <laughs> 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 uh You
0: know what? It's just and and again, Sean. The worst part is when you go back to that play. It was obvious as soon as he went to the backhand that Boucher just went down and yeah, that's another thing, Chris, that's a hundred percent. he went down and, um, and just covered the five hole. There was that's no the other option. Your top part of the net was open.
1: Yeah. That's, that's probably not happening, Rick. Uh, I don't mean to talk baseball on a hockey channel, but I don't think that's happening. So
0: I hope not. And I like Aaron judge. I hope not. I'm a Met fan. Uh, that's, that's my confession. Um, Ugh, it has been a brutal, brutal 40 years.
1: This is who we should be talking about right now, though. This guy, 26 goals on the season, leading all, leading all players age 20 and younger in the OHL. That's crazy.
0: Oh, uh, That's good. by the way, before we get too far away, and I'm glad we're outside the segment on it, hey, Anthony, what about uh, for good uh, for the best players post-lockout, how about he who shall not be named? No, not even close. No, nah. you're Anthony's he's not about even. Who I think
1: you're talking about he's not even close. I could think he was four nominated
0: four. for two. heart uh, Sorry, he was a finalist for two Art trophies. He
1: doesn't have one though.
0: Yeah, that's right. I thought he should add it in 2015. I think he should add it, but mm. 2013, but. Don't worry. You don't have to say. You don't have to say his name, Anthony. It's, it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> you shall not be named.
2: Um, Mark, right. you uh, are you uh, betting on anybody tonight? Any place in Any sports bets? Uh, yes. By the way,
0: uh, well, Anthony and I are going to be uh, still we're still crafting our solo shows. Um, we are. Anthony is going to be covering some more um, uh, gambling stuff. For his clapping bombs with El Rock, I I definitely am dropping some bets. I now I need to look at
2: what I have.
1: Well, Let's get one for Anthony in here. I see Leo. Uh, Leo is asking about Anthony's thoughts on Robin Salo.
2: Yeah, I just saw that. Um, listen, I, I I like Robin Salo. He's played 13 games. He's got he's got three points. Obviously, not really chattering. but uh, watching him play, um, you know, I I like the way. I like the way he does everything. I like the way he skates, I like the way he moves the puck. He's not afraid to join in the rush. Um, You know, I I think, you know, as he gets more experience, he's going to develop into a really formidable defenseman for the Islanders. And, um, you know, when you, when you can get a guy, you know, in the, you know, second, third round uh, and hit a, you know, kind of hit a home run and turn into an important piece of your team going forward. uh, That's a win. I think that he has tools to be a, a good defenseman in this league. So, um, you know, he's he's he could play in this league. He hasn't shown me anything that says that he's not ready.
1: There are two things, uh, that I like from Robinson that stick out to me aside from his skating, which is you know, I, I think his skating is pretty good. Um, but it's fairly obvious. Uh, the two things for me are one, his decision making is pretty good. Um, he doesn't seem flustered at all by the speed of the game and it doesn't impact his decision making. He makes some pretty good decisions. He's good at getting the puck out of the zone, whether he's skating it out or passing it. The other thing is um, the poise that he plays with, he just, <clears throat> he, there's not a lot of things that seem to get to him. Um, and and Stephen's right on this one here. I mean, they're both very mature for their age, both him and Nils Lundquist. And Robin Salo just, I, I I don't know if I'm ready to say he's got ice blood in his veins, but you just don't see him panic often. You know he doesn't see seem
2: he doesn't seem like he's rattled.
1: He 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 doesn't seem like he gets rattled easily, and he he more times than not he makes the right play, and yeah. and that's what I that's what I like about Robin Sallow. Um, and I I think that he's going to be in the NHL for a while. I, I think he has the potential to at least be a top four defenseman. Where he goes from there, that's up to him. But I think he's got his top four potential.
2: There's of Iceman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are, 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 are we talking about... Leo, by the way, because i got to ask this question because I'm a, I'm a big X-Man fan. Uh, but are we talking about the Bobby from <laughs> the movies? Or are we talking about the, the Iceman from the cartoons and the comics? Because... Or even Val
2: Kilmer in, in Top Gun
1: was a lot cooler than Bobby in the movies. So let's <laughs> just say that there yeah. was
2: one, there was one question that was too far up now. I'm not going to find it, but I forget to asked it. Maybe, maybe it was Az. I can't remember, but it was about the Islanders' interest in Klingberg and what I think of it. And um, you know, he's a good defenseman. Twenty nine years old. I wish he was a little younger, but um, you know. They could use help. I just don't know if uh, if um, Lou is gonna do anything until they get a little closer. I mean if, if they I mean if they keep winning at this rate, you know, this at this percentage, I don't know how sustainable it is, but you know, where they're going six, one and one and last eight and winning games at that rate, I think he will make a move if they get closer. But um, you know, as we've seen, he's not afraid. The last two trade deadlines he's made it he's made moves. Granted the Islanders were guaranteed playoff spot those years, but um, if, they, if they keep winning, I think he's going to look to add a defenseman. So uh, it won't surprise me, but I don't want to give up, uh, you know, an Anthony Bovillier or, or a Robin Salo for, for a pending UFA. So that's, that's, that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, with the Islanders, the thing that, that I see is I know we were talking about, like, uh, Chikrin before and, like, what it would take and, you know, the supposed asking price. You know, we were looking about that now, and, like, that's ridiculous. If the Islanders went and made a move like that, you're basically gutting all of your young organizational depth in your system. Like, you're, you're killing your prospect pool. And the Islanders don't have a great one to begin with.
2: No, so, they don't.
1: I mean, how how are you going to go and make those types of deals? I don't know if there's a deal out there for them that really helps them. I think maybe what they just have to do is just stand pat, you know, just try to end the season on a good note go into next year, and then make some make some moves in the offseason for players with term or, you know, get, go get free agents, really. I mean, that's probably going to be the Islanders' route this year. Is they're going to have to go and sign free agents because they don't have a whole lot of assets to give up in these trades.
0: And they certainly have the cap space, so why not? So yeah. they can actually just kind of
1: – You just got to be um, careful with that cap space, though. I mean, they, they have some guys coming <laughs> off, but you, you got some guys that you got to sign in the next few years. So um, –
2: I think I think this is Varlamov's last year in the team.
1: Yeah, probably well, he'll you mean he'll be dealt
0: in the off season or dealt at the I deadline. Think so, man.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys there because I could totally see Edmonton pulling the trigger <clears> on that, especially if the the asking price isn't too crazy because they don't want to give up a first rounder this year. Edmonton, according
0: to what's been said, so. Uh Anthony, I'm gonna throw in this five team this uh five pick parlay at you, see what you think. <coughs> I got the Devils giving one and a half to the Coyotes. I got the over in the Rangers Maple Leafs game today. I just think it's going over, even though all the games they played so far are I think two to one. Um Bruins given one and a half, or sorry. Yeah, Bruins giving one and a half to the Capitals, Flyers giving one and a half to the Blue Jackets, and the Stars is giving one and a half to the Sabres.
2: The hell are you talking about? There's only three games
0: on tonight. Oh, then I've picked for tomorrow. <laughs> <is such> a... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I that's what happened. I was trying to do a five team far away, you know, he just kept on going. So um,
2: you you combine games on two different days. I mean, the 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 Coyote Devils game in Rangers Maple Leafs is tonight, but those other games tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but uh what do you think? Uh, uh, one second, I will get. I'm going to get curious. Idea. What this tweet was? Um, I didn't, I didn't see Butch Goring's tweet. Leo, so.
1: was this the tweet that <sighs> Goring said about the Rangers fans being in hype, uh hibernation or whatever? Uh, um, because I, I, I know Goring basically tried to chastise Ranger fans, and everybody, myself included, basically dunked right back on him. So. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's what it. Okay, so I'll I'll pull that up in just a second here.
2: Mark, while Phil pulls that up, Mark, just to answer your question, um, I don't. The Coyotes are, are a piss poor team, um, and the Devils aren't really that good either. And sometimes I shy away from from betting on it on a game that where I really don't know what I'm gonna get from those from those two teams. I I, I really don't. So um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch the Coyotes Devils game, to be honest. Yeah, with I you. might, I might go
0: fix that because I think it rather I know know. One Okay, day. so
1: I, I, I pulled it up. I, I, don't have it on the screen thing here.
0: I got it for you. It's right here. I don't know oh why the NYR fans uh, were on Twitter. I guess they were in hibernation for
2: three years.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's not exactly something good to post there, Butch.
2: And that was really, and that's really him. That's not like a fake account. Yeah, wrote that. Was that
1: that that's him it's it's a verified
2: account yeah well i mean yeah that's i mean he <laughs> he shouldn't be uh tweeting something like that that so that that's for sure i mean you're you know professional i would just leave it as it is but um yeah that's silly of him to do
1: yeah
0: uh, um, by the way in fairness to me i i i should be two for two on all my bets on DraftKings. But Brad Marchand missed an empty net with two seconds remaining uh the other day. But by the way, that's also it's 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 not a good look if you're a um if you're an analyst
2: just trying to do it. And
0: I I don't, I don't I've never known Butch going to stir up problems like that. So what, what I mean, yeah,
2: I don't know what context in it if it was just if he randomly did it. I mean, I can't imagine he randomly tweeted. It must have been no, something he, he was talking something.
1: about. He had to see something. I don't know what he saw, but he, that's definitely in response to something. But, I mean, with the Islanders fan base, I mean, they've had problems with getting fans showing up to games for years and years. And they do have diehards, but that's not a good look for him. He should know better of all people. He was there during their worst times coaching.
2: Yeah. I'm
0: just- yeah. And, I don't know, I just it, – it's it's one of those things – like suddenly, your team isn't doing well, and then the other team's ragging on you. It's just, it's what New York is. You well, that,
2: to- that's, that's probably what it is. I mean, he probably saw some Ranger, Ranger fan or a Ranger fan or fans tweet something, you know, negative, and he probably came back with, okay, well, you know, what, what, what he said. He made a reference about how the Rangers were bad for a couple of years, and now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're talking trash. But it goes both ways. I mean, it, I'm not gonna lie to you. You see, you see, you see it on both. You see it on both sides. There's, there's no, there's no debating that.
0: And, and yeah, and, and it, it always happens like that because we're, 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 just, we're New York fans are literally fanatics.
2: That's like, just what we're always going to be. Listen, to listen, these last, these last few years when the Islanders were good and, and the Rangers weren't, I'm, I'm sure there are Islander fans on Twitter that, that you know that talk trash about about the Rangers for sure um, and now you know this year it's flopped and now I, I mean I, I see Ranger fans on my timeline tweet stuff about the Islanders it's just it's just what it is I mean I don't I don't participate in it because I mean maybe when I was younger like you know my heyday you would but now I don't I don't bother to write anything negative about about the Rangers uh, if they're good or bad but not everyone, not everyone has that mentality. You have yeah, no, you have a really, lot of Ranger fans that talk trash and vice versa. So I don't,
1: I don't need to unless it's more like the uh, okay, unless <clears throat> unless something really like this like that that caused me to get get involved with it. And you know what? Like for me, that's kind of like okay. Like you need to sit this one out, buddy. And he needed to be put in his place. So um, I think Brody
0: hits this one on the head. Just Twitter itself is trash
1: yeah yes and no i've definitely met some good people there are some people uh from this show that view that view us that i came across on twitter um i i go i'm actually going to henrik lundquist night because of somebody i met through twitter yeah i had an extra ticket and i am going uh please
0: record as much as you can
1: uh, yeah I'll, I'll try to do that um and then there's also, you know, and, and I met a good group of people through 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 Rangers Twitter. Uh, I mean, there there are some, you know, there are some good, there are some ups and downs with Twitter. It's, yeah, it's toxic at times, and it could be a, a hellhole at others. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get it, but uh, it's not all bad.
0: No, it's yeah. not. No, 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 I don't think any of us are saying that it's all bad, but still, it's it's not easy. It's no, it's not. I mean, I I, I remember and one of our guys that's on here can tell you a story about how somebody <laughs> tweeted some awful thing about him. And I was I was immediately going, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> but I think it was like something where somebody was trying to make a joke out of it, but just it's
2: no just stupid. Mark, I got a I got a good uh two-leg parlay for you. Okay. What do you got? It's um, Tavares and Kreider and McKinnon and Zegeris all score. Um, twenty five dollars wins you one thousand two eighty nine. Tavares, Kreider, Zegeris, and McKinnon.
0: All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. How much well, is um, that? Tw- what?
2: How much is that to, to do? If you bet twenty five, you win twelve eighty
0: nine. You know what? I'm gonna make that bet because that's what Anthony Horaco has done. That's on He's, Caesar's. Yeah.
2: Caesar's sports book.
0: Uh, it's on Caesar's. It's not on DraftKings.
2: No, I, I've been using Caesar's. Yeah,
0: I gotta get on Caesar's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I gotta. I'll do that later. Um, but yeah, that is awesome. And by the way, John, you can't ask for a better birthday for you. I mean, my birthday has been uh, the Rangers are one and one on my birthday. It's in June. It was game four versus the Canucks and game two versus the Kings. And I'm still pissed off about game two versus the Kings.
1: <laughs> Steven, Steven has a parlay for you. The 2022 Stanley Cup final winner and the 2025 World Series winner, different years. But Mark doesn't mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> if I still win the parlay, that's good. Oh, God. Oh, Mark. Mark, Mark, Mark. And you know what? The great part about being the youngest of four boys is that I can take a joke pretty well. Um,
1: (laughs) Mark's accurate. Sean Sean put up a comment before. Mark's accuracy rating
0: 50%. 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Which is still pretty good for any pundit. (laughs) Oh, uh, But, folks, so where's your game tonight? Skate safe. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a game at um, we had a game at Caniac last night, and the one thing I can't stand about games at Caniac is no showers. Ah, Yeah, yeah. hate not, yeah, hell's gonna freeze over in 2025. You know what, it might, it's it's the way it feels, Dave. It's the way it feels, and you know what, hopefully, your bills finally cash in or sorry, your bills. Anthony's Bills.
2: Yeah, let's go Buffalo.
0: Yeah. Let's
2: go Buffalo. It's it's I mean, not it's it's not likely, but if if they beat Kansas City and Cincinnati were to beat Tennessee, they would actually have another home game for the AFC Championship game, which I already said to my buddy we're going to that that happens. So if that occurs, wow. I'll be going to Buffalo. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's interesting. The L rock making big moves.
2: Yeah, it's oh, happening. Man. But again, I'm not. I actually think Buffalo could be Kansas City. I'm not confident with Cincinnati being Tennessee, though. So I think it's going to be all for not. But we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, what? you never know. I mean, Buffalo versus Kansas City. It's it, you know, getting Buffalo regain their form from the beginning of the year, where they were the number one scoring offense, and the number one scoring defense, I believe, on the point. <laughs> see about that. Yeah. All right.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: They lost on a wet field to them. That's what David's saying. Yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm not.
2: My I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Cincinnati able to beat Tennessee, so we can have a home game. I'm not worried about Buffalo beating Tennessee.
0: I I think Derrick Henry is going to come back with a vengeance this week. That's what I would think about that. But, um, looking at some of these other ones again. By the way, uh, I'll 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 take a Stanley. I don't know which. Which one would you want first, a Super Bowl win or a Stanley Cup win, a- Anthony?
2: Uh Stanley Cup win, but I mean, yeah, for sure. But don't get me wrong, a Bill Super Bowl win, I'll be absolutely ecstatic. That'd be great, Phil.
0: What? Which would you want more, a Stanley Cup or it's a no-brainer? Yeah. Super Stanley Bowl. Cup winner, a Super Bowl win. This is a Stanley Cup win. I, I, I've seen the
1: Giants win twice. In, in, yeah, in, in, I know. Yeah, that's right. You're
0: spoiled. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have went away from the Giants. Uh, and I I regret that every single day. I'll tell you what. Twenty fifteen. You twenty fifteen was probably my best year of being a fan in you general. Switched,
2: you switched fans in being an adult.
0: You changed course. I was in high school. I I always was partial to the Dolphins. And uh, I keep saying if the dolphins get um <sighs> uh, if the, yeah, if the dolphins end up getting uh, Deshaun Watson, I'll go back to being a giant fan. I am not putting up with that.
2: And that's, sacri- that's sacrilegious. How do you switch sports teams, Mark? I'm disappointed.
0: Well, it's it's more sacred than marriage because <laughs> once you choose your team, you choose them for life. But you know what? i i, I need a divorce, that's what I need. It's it's like I was a Dan Marino fan with Tecmo Bowl, and I always played with them because my brothers were the Giants. And eventually, I had a Mark Duper shirt when I was a kid. And eventually, it all just kind of fell downhill. But Anthony, I told you the story, right? I bought my Dan Marino jersey, and it was a Champ Sports that didn't even have the lettering on it. I had to go get the lettering on on it by my own, like by myself. So I, drop, I was going to drop it off Monday at – I bought it on a Saturday. Monday I was going to drop it off to get the lettering put on. The day in between, that Sunday, Dan Marino ruptured his Achilles tendon. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I came back from playing football with my friends, and that's what happened. So my brand-new Dan Marino jersey. Then Keith Jackson, I bought a jersey of his. He was traded a month later. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I bought his jersey. He was then sued by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and had to change his name to Abdul. Fortunately, Zach Thomas worked out pretty well. But the rest of my Dolphin jerseys after that—Tannehill, um, Tannehill, Jake Long, Chad Henney, and Ronnie Brown—yikes, they were all they were all bad. Uh, Cameron Wake is, was good. Oh. So I, I guess the thing is, if I'm going to buy Dolphins jersey, I only stay with the defense.
2: Well, Ronnie Brown was uh, was a big part of that wild card. Uh... Offense they ran for a while there. Yeah, the uh, the wildcat. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. He he was good. Yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a... <laughs> a Nemeth jersey.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, um, you know what, Stephen? The good news is with the Rangers, I've been good with jerseys. Like the one jersey I got that didn't work out was um was uh brady shea i had a brady shea jersey it's it's a winter classic 2018 but he was brady shea was okay as a ranger he just wasn't that great if you want Um,
2: if you want to become a bills fan i think uh, i'll think about accepting you into the bills mafia (laughs) if you want great then i can uh jump through a table
0: around with the baseball bat and dive through uh yeah all
2: right maybe get a josh get a josh allen jersey
0: I mean, I had some fond memories of you know rooting for the Giants early on. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I don't want to be a fraud fan. Now, by <laughs> the way, you want to know? You want to know where I've had mixed results? The New York Mets. I've had a let's see. Keith Hernandez was my first jersey slash shirt. Um, Mike Piazza. Okay, that worked. Then it was oh. uh I'm just going to go solo. Um, I think my next jersey, because it held up for so long, uh, was an Ike Davis jersey, and then that was nothing. Then Michael Conforto, and Matt Harvey was in the middle on that one. So talk about, again, mixed. I'm not getting a Jacob DeGrom jersey for that. Uh, I I wish Jacob all the best. (laughs) So... How is, as uh, Ely said right here, how is um, Brady Shea doing as a cane? I know he's scoring in bunches this year, but.
1: I don't know if I would say great. Uh, I mean, does he look better than he looked his last few years as a Ranger? Yeah, I don't know if I would say great.
0: Phil, by the way, if you missed it, Steven had a way to get um, Patrick Nemeth neutralized. I get a Patrick Nemeth jersey that completely kill his career. That
1: would be perfect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but uh, I'm I'm gonna get going. Yeah,
0: know. we're actually gonna sign off, guys. Uh, just we're gonna do it an early thing because I got to rush to. I got to get the audio podcast up as well. And as usual, every single week, it's great whenever I see you guys. Yes. By the way, David, I was actually wearing the Ike Davis jersey when he had the three home run game. That was awesome. Um, but again, guys, great week, a surprisingly loaded show this week that we're only getting done in an hour and 50 minutes. You, you, know, usually we like to do marathons, especially the guy up in the top corner over there. So anyway, guys, thank you for all for joining us. We will see you all soon and, uh, look forward to next week where we're doing our midseason uh, awards. Let's go Rangers tonight versus the Maple Leafs. And we'll talk to you soon. Oh, let's go Filk. Go into his game.
1: Thank you.